0: Hello, and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Kayla, and each episode I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. This week, we're joined by Erin Gu, the Chief Education Officer at Ingenious Prep to talk about college admissions and how they will be impacted by the COVID-19 crisis. Hi Erin, thank you for joining us today.
1: Of course, it's good to be here. I hope everybody's safe um, and staying healthy during this difficult time.
0: Yeah, I wish you were here under better circumstances. Um, yeah, I also hope everyone is doing really well. Um, we wanted to put together this podcast as soon as possible because we've been getting a lot of questions from our families and our students, as well as our online community about um, college admissions and how that's going to be impacted by everything that's happening right now. Um, so I brought on Aaron, who's our chief um, education officer, as I said. Uh, to just kind of talk about the changes that are happening and to give our families and our students some advice so just to start i think just in general can you just kind of speak to how college admissions as a whole might be impacted just broadly
1: yeah so colleges are facing with two um big challenges right now Um, so um, I was actually in a forum for higher ed professionals uh, talking about the impact of coronavirus on colleges in general. So a lot of schools are working on, you know, obviously moving their classes online. So that is something that they're doing for their current students, but it is taking a, a, a Kind of energy from the college institutional perspective um, but at the same time they're also thinking about admissions for this year um, as we know offers are out and uh, for some schools and some schools are still waiting and we'll be releasing that in the next couple of days um, so the d- admissions decisions for these this year's seniors will not actually be impacted because most of those have already been decided and Um, but colleges are working on uh, and thinking about new strategies for uh, recruitment Um, so you know more than one uh, a lot of students will have multiple offers um, and they are deciding where to go and so Uh, College used to be able to rely on, you know, admitted students' uh, events, having the students come on their campus, meeting them in person, like alum alum or admitted students' gatherings in different cities, Um, but all of those events are going to be canceled and they no longer have these options at their disposal, so colleges are looking at other ways to attract students and bring them Online and get to them and know them or to know their school, and really working to like try to convince the students to choose them. Um, so, that is something that's impacting this year's um, students. Um, for next year's uh, applicants, so current 11th graders or juniors, high school juniors, um, I think a lot of students and families also have questions about whether or not colleges will be changing their admissions policies or preferences um, in light of this event, Um, and I I asked a similar question to a forum of um, higher education professionals, um, and the answer I received um, was that unlikely. Um, So the colleges will understand that there will be fewer standard testing options for students. So um, the University of Chicago already shared uh, information that they will be reading applications in context and don't require subject tests or AP tests to help ease students and families' anxiety about not being able to take them uh, during this time. Um, So that will be relatively um, something that I think most schools will be considering um, in this process. Um, And um, in addition to that, um, there's questions about sort of the mix of students, if they would prefer more local students or, um, you know, students from out of states or international students if that mix is going to change. Um, I think it's still a little bit too early to say um, because we don't know how long this uh, virus will be impacting the normal ways in which the colleges function. For example, we don't know if summer uh, if summer sessions or summer programming for high school students are still running or not, or they'll be impacted, um, and what enrollment looks like in the fall. Um, because from a college perspective, it is also about um, the tuition payments and how much potentially state or government funding that they have and how, much, uh, how big is their endowment and all those financial factors as well. Um, So I think those will all sort of impact um, the ultimate admissions decisions, but I think for the most part, institutions are looking to uh, retain or recruit the same number of students, if not more students. Um, They are looking to still bring diverse communities together. They're still looking for that um, being that beacon of hope and also education for our youth. And so... Um, I don't think that the colleges will be making any dramatic changes um, in terms of the admissions decisions that are coming um, next, uh, later this fall or early next year. Um, so that that's what I think where we stand right now. But obviously, as things evolve and change, uh, those decisions might get impacted later on. But we wouldn't know for the time being.
0: Right. It's definitely hard to know. None of us really know how long anything is going to last. But I think it is comforting to hear that schools like UChicago are already starting to think about changing their policies a little bit and just letting students know that, you know, we know that your life is changing right now, that you're moving to online classes, that testing is impacted. So we know your applications are going to look a little bit different than they normally would.
1: Yeah, it's definitely good for, for colleges to be reassuring all of us um, that they're thinking about this. And I think that's the key to um, college admissions in general is that all applications are read in context, right? They understand sort of what the student's coming from if they've been out of school for a very long time um, versus, you know, they just started um, to move to online classes. If their school doesn't actually offer online classes, maybe they're just quarantine and the school is closed and there is no online programming from the school, they're not going to hold this against the student. Uh, It's sort of what you do in the context that you're in uh, that makes a difference.
0: Right. So speaking of online learning, for those students who their schools are transitioning to this, and maybe this advice will even be helpful to parents as they start working remotely, um, I'm wondering if you have any advice just for kind of staying productive and um just having a successful as possible transition to online learning
1: yeah i think it depends um a little bit on the for exact formatting of the online classes Um, so some online classes will be like um, a live uh class right so you still have all the students together have the teacher teaching um at the same time that they usually taught um, and they are uh, so, so that's one side. And then there are other kinds of online classes where the teacher is actually recording their lecture um, or recording um, the materials that they are teaching and then giving the homework to the students. And the students can have a little bit more flexibility on uh, when to watch those videos and how they watch those videos and how to then apply it to their homework assignments. Um, so I think these two different formats have, need a little bit different strategy um, to. Help students stay focused. Um, so for the online platform um, live version, um, I think it's really, really important that when a student is in that setting, that there is absolutely no distraction from anything else on their computer. They just open the classroom and then maybe a, a Word doc um, for taking notes, and they have to be paying uh, attention at 100% just as if they were in the classroom, and maybe even more so because you'll be able to see <laughs> all the other students and their faces. And if there's, you know, if you start to look at them and, and the silly faces that they're making, then you're going to be really distracted from what the teacher is talking about. Um, so, really engaging in the classroom environment, it will be really hard um, to do that for a long time. Uh, of the day and so hopefully the schools that do that are giving students breaks in between those classes and to really disengage um, during that time from the computer to really take a break and take a break from the screen, walk around to go outside, um, you know, play with your dog, um, do something different and then come back uh, for the next class, so that's really, really important. Um, For students who have the option of just watching the videos at their own pace, It is a mixed blessing. It's a little bit easier because you're in more control and you probably don't need to focus as intensively for as long of a time as you do in an online uh, live class. Um, But it also is harder to make yourself sit down and actually do it. Um, And so the good uh, one good strategy people could try, students could try, is to actually have like a, a, a schedule for themselves. So structure your day. Um, Say that, you know, you get up around the same time, or could be later, but um, at the same time every day and start your class and maybe you choose the first class you want to watch and you do either the same or you intentionally switch it up every day. You do a rotation, almost like your class schedule. so that, that it, it becomes a routine and it's more consistent. Um, and the key there is also to minimize distractions as much as possible um, from the other family members um, in your house, from other online platforms. So putting your phone on mute, uh, closing all the other windows, uh, watching the video, and looking at the relevant text or books and the, enough to take notes um, and the good thing about watching videos is you can watch it multiple times right so if they're a piece that you don't understand you go back and watch it again um, and if you still don't understand um, after a couple attempts ask a friend ask your teacher um, and to, to engage in that in those ways to make sure that you really do understand what is happening um, yeah so like having a schedule and then definitely taking breaks as well um, so don't try to do everything all together, um, have like a 30 minute uh, or 40, 40 minute or 45 minute work time, concentrated work time and then take a 10 minute break and do another 40, 40 to 45 minutes and then take a longer break, like a half hour break, get lunch, uh, do something fun uh, and then come back. And so have more of a routine and just lay out your work for yourself. Um, that's super important.
0: Yeah, I think those are all really great tips. I know just for myself, I'm not in school, but I've been working from home for about a week now, and I think having that schedule and that routine has really helped. And I've also found, like, for me in my house, I've set myself up with a little workstation, like little desks to kind of remove the distractions, to act as I'm in a workplace, not just in my house. So if students find that helpful, too, I think that can be a really great thing to do. So earlier, we also were talking about um, standardized testing, and I think it's it's hard to know with this too. We don't know if schools like UChicago, if all schools are going to do test optional right now, um, but we do know that testing locations have been closed for the next few months for the SAT, the ACT, AP tests. So how should students be kind of reconfiguring their testing schedule and kind of how should they... Prepare for this if they are unable to take their tests in time?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And so, right now, we know that the March uh, ones were impacted for some, and the makeup tests for SAT were canceled, um, and the main uh, SAT is canceled. Right now, it looks like June is still, uh, you can still register for the June test. So, I definitely encourage students who have already been preparing for to take the SAT to then just go ahead and register for the June one um, and probably the August one as well when it opens, just in case the June one also gets canceled. Um, so that is like a testing strategy aspect. In terms of studying and preparing, I think that standardized tests um, want to, uh, their goal is to, uh, be able to assess the student's uh, skill set um, in, you know, reading comprehension and solving problems in um, solving them quickly and accurately. Um, And so these skills are transferable skills that that apply across the board. And so if you find, you know, standardized testing, prep, uh, you know, doing these problems that's really, really tedious and boring. Um, I think the other way to uh, prepare is to just increase your practice um, generally in of those skills. So like, do more, read more, uh, you know, you have more time on your hands now. Uh, read more, read a variety, um, news articles, you know, anything of interest, novels, books, um, period pieces. I think a lot of students get thrown off uh, when the SAT has a you know, a, a, a passage from, you know, the 18th century or something like that, where the language is different from today's language. Um, so having a variety of experience there um, would help you eventually on the standardized test. Um, same with math. Um, math maybe is more sort of a review. Um, if you can review some of the older concepts you have learned in, you know, 10th grade, um, or even ninth grade, um, that might be helpful to just think about. And especially if you have younger siblings at home, helping them with their homework actually is a good way for you to refresh your memories um, of those skills and to help you better prepare for the tests.
0: Yeah, definitely, especially for students who have some extra time on their hands. A small silver lining, I think, is that there is some extra prep time to help you really score um, you know, well on those tests. So we also mentioned how um, now that admissions officers, you know, they always read in context. Now that they'll be reading in the context of learning from home or um, having school canceled for the next couple months and how it's kind of what you do with that um, situation. So for students who have extra time, for students who had their extracurricular activities, their competitions canceled and have... um, those opportunities taken away from them, how can they take advantage of this time to kind of still participate in activities so that they can show admissions officers, you know, I was still doing something productive during this time?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think um, it is a challenge that all of our students are facing um, across the world at this moment. Um, And so it uh, really depends on um, sort of the motivation of the student and their own initiative even more so than before. Um, and so there are a lot of opportunity to still connect with other students and to organize efforts. Um, we uh, our, our students are so used to being aligned Already, anyway, um, you know, leveraging their Instagram accounts, so leveraging their Snapchat conversations, um, organizing things that are in a remote way, um, connecting people, you know, helping support, um, maybe finding ways to stay connected to the activities they were engaged in. So, say that if you were volunteering at a local Shelter or local um, senior center or something, reaching out to the staff there to see if there's online um, versions of you providing that kind of support before. You know, if the seniors need a companion, you know, people are lonely these days, and if um, you're isolated at home, then you need more social interaction, not less. Um, and so, being able to offer that social interaction through an online platform. It's a really great way to demonstrate that you've continued your involvement in the activities that you were engaged in. Um, As far as more academic side of things, I think um, exploring that a little bit more on their own, you know, reading more college-level materials and finding those resources online and sharing them with other people um, is also very helpful. Um, So a lot of colleges have recorded lectures and online classes already um, that are available to students. And so we can certainly um, look into those opportunities as well.
0: Yeah, and I definitely think, of course, doing these kind of things, um, reaching out, continuing your activities or starting independent projects, obviously isn't just for college admissions. I think it's really important that, you know, everyone is kind of stuck at home. There's not much to do. You might be tempted to just watch TV all day. But I think mental health wise, you know, that can get really tough. And so just staying active and, of course, supporting your community during this time, I think is just incredibly important for students to do.
1: Yeah, and being creative, too. I think this is a good time for all the artists and the musicians and the, maybe even the chefs <laughs> uh, in the world. This is a good time to spend some time on your art and on your craft and producing something creative to share with the world, to bring a little bit of beauty um, into the world in a difficult time. I think it's also what we need as humans.
0: Yeah, of course, definitely. Um, so along with kind of closures and students not being able to do, um, the opportunities that they were planning on. So obviously, again, we don't know quite what's going to happen this summer, but I know a lot of students are worried about their summer plans. If they're planning on going to camps or taking courses at colleges, they're wondering what kind of backup plans they should be making now.
1: Yeah. Um, so there, it, it, It is possible that um, the different locations in the U.S. will be impacted differently. And so it's possible that maybe some local communities or local opportunities would remain open, even if the opportunities that we had planned on being in another state or on the other coast um, might not be at play. So I think always thinking about the local community and see what's there and what the health situation there is, um, I think it's a good. Backup plan to find some local resources that could potentially still be available um, for that time. For that time, as we know more, um, and then the other things that are just to um, see if like there's any remote or online maybe internships um, that are available for students. Um, the business uh, will still be um, running, hopefully for the most part. Um, and if and if anything, they would appreciate some. Um, you know, maybe unpaid unpaid internships from high school students who are eager to work and contribute and also help the companies um, move onto an online platform as well and online marketing. Um, So I think there's definitely a need from that aspect. Um, And um, outside of that, just thinking about the activities that they have been doing and how do they take those maybe to the next level, right? If you have already been um, very... Involved same example right to continue that example. If you are already been very involved in volunteer activities in your local community, um, can you reach out to uh, similar opportunities in other um, other areas? Right, maybe in the town next door, or in the state um, across the border next um, to you, uh, to connect with other students and other organizers who are facing similar challenges, and to crowdsource and to share ideas and. and Establish an online platform or forum where you bring together people who work in the same industry or are facing the same challenges to talk about solutions together and to bring them together. Um, So these are all ways that you can expand your impact um, by um, doing something that not necessarily need to always be in person or uh, to be an organized activity like a summer camp.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the activities that students start doing from home now can definitely continue through the summer. I think also doing kind of independent projects if you aren't able to um, find any organizations that are taking help right now or if you can't find ways to still connect with your groups. You know, if you're interested in film, maybe like making a short film about what your life is like when you're stuck at home, um, you know, doing research projects, like science based research projects about, you know, how this virus is affecting different communities. I think there's a lot of kind of independent capstone projects that you can do, and that can make its way onto your activities list later.
1: For sure, yes. And um, being independent and self-directed is also a characteristic that a lot of the highly selective colleges look for in their students. And so it's always a good idea to initiate an independent project as
0: well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so before I let you go, do you have any kind of last words of wisdom or advice for our students and parents listening?
1: Yeah, I think this is a, a definitely an unprecedented time for the, all of us, and so colleges will understand because admissions officers are experiencing this themselves and probably working remotely for the first time in their lives and having to work with their children who are also outside of, um, out of school or learning remotely. Um, and I think it really is um, sort of what do you do with the circumstance, and this is, you um, really, really important time to not be too negatively impacted by what's happening in the world and staying positive and staying motivated and actually finding things to spend your time and to care about other people and other things um, and and to not spend all day sitting in front of a TV and watching TV and being couch potato is probably the most important thing and just to engage with other people and keep the conversations going. We are, ultimately a social animal um, and social beings. And so it's really important that we are part of a community and to, to stay engaged uh, with each other throughout this.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to remember that everyone in this situation is human. College admissions officers are human too. They're going to understand what's going on. They're going to understand if you go through a bit of a hard time with your grades or your testing. You know, We're all going through this together. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Erin. Again, I wish you were here on Better Circumstances. And again, we're hoping that everyone um, is at home staying safe and healthy with their families. And we're wishing you guys the best.
1: Yes, stay safe, everyone.
0: And we also want to make sure that we can continue being a resource for everyone as the situation kind of unfolds and we learn more. So I'll be linking a lot of resources down below. Um, If you're listening to this on Monday when it comes out, we're actually having a webinar tomorrow about college admissions. And Erin will be speaking again uh, with a former admissions officer from Yale, Susan Shiflet. So I will put the link Um, To that below if you'd like to register for that last minute. We also have some blogs coming out about um, how students can spend their time, um, some more uh, independent research project ideas that I'll link below, um, online resources just for staying active and staying healthy, Uh, so I'll put all of those below. And of course, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can visit our website, any of our social sites, and please ask any questions you have there. I hope you all stay safe and healthy and that you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.